Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hot Mess Podcast. I am your host, Matilda Johnson, and today we are getting messy. Now, if you've looked at the title and you watched, watched? No, if you listened to last week's episode, you've probably got a few questions. Those questions being, why are we doing a Q&A when at the end of last week's episode, you said we would be having a special guest on? And I apologize, but we did have some scheduling conflicts with said guest. So we were unable to actually get onto the recording of it, which was sad, but I'm still not going to tell you who the guest is because I do plan on having them on in a future episode and I want to keep the excitement up around it. So instead, I think today's episode kind of flows on nicely from last week's because last week you learned all about some of my previous dating history, not all of it. Don't worry, there's more where that came from, unfortunately. And So we can kind of flow on from that. I'm going to answer some questions, give some advice, you know, take it with a grain of salt because obviously we know that my dating history hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows, but I think that I give okay advice and we can learn from my experiences of what not to do. I also want to start this episode by giving a very special shout out to somebody who I know is a listener and that is... My first boyfriend who I discussed in last week's episode. So funny story. He messaged me and was like, hey, like out of the blue, we haven't spoken in a hot minute. Like I'm talking a few years now. And he was like, oh, listen to your podcast. Interesting. Some of the stories. And I was like, ah, like literally I was at work at the time, fell to the floor, like hyperventilating, being like, oh shit, is he going to send me like a cease and desist or something? I was like, oh no. This is bad. But honestly, he took it like a champ and like he was like, look, high school was a funny time and we did stupid things and we hurt people's feelings. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. So favorite X of the week. Is that going to be a thing? I don't know. But shout out to you. You know who you are. Thanks for listening and being an absolute champ about it. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, so of course we have to start off with the weekly wrap. I am going to skip over some sections today just because honestly, when it comes to TikTok, my feed's been really boring. Um, I think it's just been a whole lot about the Adam Levine cheating allegations uh, so he's my least favorite celebrity of the week. My favorite celebrity is probably like Louis Capaldi. I've just seen so many funny interviews with him and I adore him. I saw this great one where he's getting a colonic irrigation whilst giving an interview. And it's just the funniest thing ever. And I also didn't realize that he also has Tourette's. So everyone always thinks he's just like a larrikin having a laugh and stuff, but he's actually admitted that he actually can't control what is being said a lot of the time, which adds to his appeal in a way. Like he says it's worked out in his favor. And I agree. I think he's one of the funniest celebrities we've got, but yeah, it was kind of eye opening to realize like, oh, he's actually got this thing that a lot of people struggle with, but he's turned it into a positive. So that I thought was really interesting. I do have a couple of recommendations though. So I finished Heartbreak High on Netflix and I'm telling, when I tell you, I'm telling everyone to watch it. I've started making my boyfriend watch it. He doesn't want to admit that he's hooked, but like I have the funniest video of him watching it the other day, eating a pizza and his eyes are like glued to the screen. And he's like walking into the lounge room, staring at it. 
Sorry, babe, but like it was hilarious. Like I've got my sister onto it. I've got all my friends from work onto it. Like it is such a good show. I also feel really silly for mentioning it on last week's episode and not having realized that it's actually a spinoff of the show. I think it was from like the 1980s. But I also found out because of that, that a lot of the older characters, like parents and teachers and people who work in the town and stuff are actually characters from the original series. But anyway, I highly recommend that. Also recommend Do Revenge, which is a movie on Netflix. All-star cast, amazing. Camilla, Camilla Mendez. I was about to say Camilla Cabello. Camilla Mendez, Maya Hawke as the leads, like amazing cast. I feel like they got like a cast member from every successful TV show, like teen TV show out at the moment. Like people from Euphoria, people from the new Pretty Little Liars, a whole lot of other shows. And they just threw them into the show and they were like, make it work. And it turned out amazing. And the Camilla Mendez's comedic timing is actually so iconic. And I feel like Riverdale's done her dirty from like by not letting her be a funny character. She is so funny. I've been quoting it a lot. Um, it's kind of like a mix of all the classic teen high school movies that you love, like Mean Girls, Clueless, Heathers. Like it's got hints of all of them in it. And I really love it. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I feel like Netflix is really coming back with the great movies. Another recommendation is actually a podcast episode. I listened to an episode of a podcast called not, hold on. Let me look at this. I'm not sure what the title is. Okay. This is why I wasn't sure what the title was. I was getting tongue tied. It's called not skinny, but not fat. Um, which I was like relatable queen. Um, but they did an interview with Steph Shepard. And if you're like that name rings a bell, but I can't place it. Steph Shepard was Kim Kardashian's old assistant. And she actually got fired in an episode of keeping up with the Kardashians, but she's very close with the family still. And what you might be thinking, Tilly, why are you recommending, why are you recommendationing? <laughs> why are you recommending an interview with Kim Kardashian's assistant. Honestly, I thought it was super interesting and eye-opening. Steph Shepard had a lot to say. She was very well-educated, well-spoken. She spoke about being an only child and losing a parent, stuff like that as well. Like very, it was a heartwarming interview. Um, she also talked a lot about business. Um, she grew up as a dancer and I think she said she danced for the Cavaliers the Cavs. I don't know. Basketball, basketball. I don't know. But like, I was like, Oh, queen, love you. Relatable queen. I look up to you. So I recommend listening to that podcast app. It was really good. She also just started her own company, which is environmentally friendly, which I just wanted to add in. And it talks about like the business side of that, which I thought was really cool. So you should listen. Okay. Now, finally, we are getting into today's episode. So I posted on Instagram um, you know, if you have any questions that you want answered or some advice on dating and like, I don't know, things in the dating world and realm, hit me up. And I got a fair few responses, a fair few questions. So I'm going to answer them. And, you know, if this goes well, if people like it, let me know. And maybe I can do more Q&As in the future on different topics. But yeah, let's see how this goes. Okay, my very first question is have a crush, don't know if they feel the same way. How do I find out without being awkward? Okay, sis. 
that's a tough one. <laughs> but I am personally, and I know this doesn't work for everyone. Some people would be like, hell no, I'm not doing that. I am a fan of sliding into the DMs. I'm down with that. I like being straight up being like, you don't have to be straight up like, hey, I like you, let's hang. Like you can just slide in or, okay, this is a sneaky thing I do. If you're not following the person who you have a crush on and you see them around a lot, like just, this is such a cringy thing that I have done previously before having a boyfriend. I would always make my presence known to them when I see them personally. And then I would leave a few dates and then I would follow them on Instagram. Typically they would, (laughs) me being like, typically they'll follow me back. But, and then like, you know, then slide into the DMs or like just sneakily like a photo, then wait a few more days and then slide into the DMs. Like play it very casual, step-by-step instructions. You know what I mean? And just take it slow. And if they seem blunt in a conversation via DMs, then I feel like that's a good indication that they're just not that into you. But like you can just reply to a photo either, like even or like their story and just be like, I don't know, like if it's music you're into or even if you're not into it, I have faked it before and been like, oh my God, I love this Kanye West song. I am embarrassed. I was in year 12 obsessed to listening to Bound 2 by Kanye West. I know all the words simply because I knew this guy listened to Kanye West and I was like, well, I need to know all the words to at least one song. So that's the song I learned. But you know what I mean? If they post a song on their story or anything like that or they're at a place like ask them about the place they visited, you know, just like easy convo starters that can linger into something more. You can eventually start flirting from there, but like keep it simple to start off with and see how it goes. But when it comes to finding out if they like you back, that's a harder topic. Like I say, like still play it casual via DMs. I feel like that's always a good indication, like how they respond to you and stuff. Oh, Oh, this is so funny. My friend James Anderson just messaged me and he and I were talking today about having him on the podcast. So that's a fun thing. Anyway, moving on. He was my crush once, but he's gay. Anyway, side note, we're going to talk about that in a later episode. Anyway, when you are trying to find out if your crush likes you back. Okay. This is also really cringe. If you're a high schooler listening, I feel like you can get away with this. As an adult, I feel like it's way more cringe. In high school, I always thought it was super cute if you asked a person's friend and be like sneaky about it though. Be like, also, or get your friend to do this. Get your friend to go up to one of their friends and be like, oh, so like, what do you think he thinks of so-and-so or she thinks of so-and-so, you know, and then you kind of get the insider scoop. Whereas as an adult, you can't really get away with that. I feel like as an adult, you kind of just have to be straight up and be like, no messing around. This is how I feel. Like, I think you just got to be a bit nutsy with it, you know, just be like straight up. Hey, I think you're really cute. Would love to hang out with you sometime. And there's no shame in it. If they say no, they're not interested. At least you gave it a go. And at least they know in future that, your doors open, you know, you're interested. And if you change your mind in future as well, that's fine. That's just a part of life. But I don't think there's any shame in being straight up like, hey, I'm into you, would love to take you out for drinks. I love that. Okay, we're going to move on to the next question because I could talk about finding out about your crush for a long time because there's been an unfortunate amount of experiences. I am that girl from high school who had a lot of crushes and 
would go about it in different ways. So we're going to move on. We can do a whole episode about that. The next question is, should you date someone in the same career as you? And I think that is very difficult depending on what the career is. And also sometimes I just think it is inappropriate. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I met my current boyfriend at work. It was a casual job. Um, We didn't have to go to HR about it or anything like that. In some jobs you do. But we met at work and it was really fun because like everyone at work was friends. We would all go out. I'll talk about like our dating story in a future episode maybe because I do want to respect his privacy. Maybe that's an episode he and I could do together. Who knows? But I sometimes don't think it's as good of an idea to date somebody in the same career as you because, okay, for one thing, I'm a very competitive person. And if I saw my partner being more successful than me in my chosen field, which I also take a lot of pride in, I would probably get jealous and get very competitive with them, which I don't think is always healthy. Um, So I personally think no in terms of that. I also think no because it can get really messy. And if you're in a very professional workplace, um where you have to go to HR and stuff like that, you want to know that you're doing it for the right reasons and that you're very serious about the relationship. And then on top of that, if things do turn south in the relationship, it's really shitty if you do have to get other work members involved. Like you shouldn't have to, but if it's a really bad breakup, for instance, people at work are going to find out if your partner is also at the office or like wherever it is you work everyone's going to find out and somehow people will involve themselves in it. So I think it can be very messy. I think you have to go about it a certain way that is professional. If you do date somebody who you're working with, please like talk to your manager or go to HR and say, this is what the go is just so that like everyone's on top of things and like it's all above board and it doesn't come across as like harassment either. If you two are like flirting in the workplace, that's messy too. And then of course, If you're dating in a workplace which isn't as formal as that, I'd say just be careful. I think be very careful who you're dealing with because also I always think about the fact that like who you're working with, you could either work for them one day or they could be working for you one day. And so on top of that, you have to think, is this relationship going to be detrimental, you know? if I want to work for this person one day, like if they get a job higher up, I don't want to have this relationship end badly. But if I'm also in a higher up position, I don't want to be like a shitty manager, for instance, and treat them differently simply because of our dating history. So I think you do have to be very careful with that. Next question, and we're getting dirty. One night stands, yes or no? Okay. I knew that the topic of one night stands would come up eventually. I have had one before, just one, one night stand, um, in like the conventional term of a one night stand. Otherwise I'd say like my other night stands that happened more than once would be more of a friends with benefits kind of situation. However, the one, one night stand I did have, it was, it was fun. It was with somebody who I felt safe with and it was with somebody who I already knew. And I think that's like an important note on this whole topic because I feel like if you don't know the person and 
if it's like you've just met them and you're going to their place or something. That's scary. Like, I don't know about you guys. I watch too much true crime stuff to think like to be okay with that. Like, I don't know. I just don't think I could do that. Me personally, I don't think I could do that. I'd be thinking about like Ted Bundy. That's where my mind goes. I think that's because I live with a lot of anxiety, but like, that's just where I, where I go with that. And so I feel like a one night stand is fun. If it's with somebody who you already know, even then, like it can be dodgy if you're not 100% sure with them. It can be dodgy with anyone. Let's be real. Let's be real. Sex with anyone can become dangerous, but I feel like it's important to know that you feel safe in their environment. You are aware of your own personal boundaries and that you are comfortable with who you are and yourself. And you know that you're entering this one night stand for the right reasons. If you're doing it for fun, hell yes, sister, go for it. If you're doing it to get over somebody, I don't recommend, I do not recommend it can get very messy. And also on top of that, like, okay, for instance, the one night stand I have, I knew the guy felt safe with him, was not expecting it to happen, which I kind of make, which kind of makes me regret it because I was like, I did not enter the night knowing this person was going to be there thinking, oh yeah, we're going to sleep together. And I also am like, for that reason, I'm like, oh, I wish we hadn't because I just wanted to have a fun night out and I ended up sleeping with somebody. You know what I mean? But then after that, he wanted to continue it as a friends with benefits situation. And I was like, kind of like, I woke up a bit and was like, I don't want that. So I think you have to know what you want when entering a one night stand. Is that something that you want to continue to happen with the same person? Or are you just doing it as a once off, like an actual one night stand just for funsies, just to let your freak flag fly. You know what I mean? I think you need to know what you want. You need to know your own boundaries and you need to feel safe. Otherwise I'd say, do not do it. I don't recommend it. It's not for everyone. Some people are totally into it. And some people are already aware of all the things I just listed. And if you are one of those people, good for you. Let it, let it happen. But also make sure that you're using protection. I cannot say that enough. And also make sure that you guys are very open about stuff like, you know, STD. like it sounds dumb to be like, make sure you know if like they have an STD and stuff, but also like you don't want to be contracting something sexually, like, and finding out that it's from a one night stand and then having to talk to that person who you didn't want to have to talk to you a lot again in the future and then be like, Hey, you gave me chlamydia or something like that. That's not a fun conversation to have. So make sure you're being safe when you have a one night stand. Following on from that, the next question is why doesn't contraception apply to men yet? And I understand what this person is saying. However, there is contraception for men. Um, I feel like not a lot of people know this, but there is actually a pill that men can take for contraception. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's very commonly used. However, there is one that exists that I would say is similar to the female pill. And then there is other contraception. Of course, there's condoms. Some people have vasectomies, which honestly are reversible. And I feel like it is more common these days for guys to get them when they're young before they want to start having kids in the future. And then you can reverse the vasectomy when you and your partner are ready to have children. However, I understand where this person's coming from because it seems like there is a, an, an endless list of things that women can take for contraceptive use, like the pill, the implanon, the, oh, there's so many, there's the, literally so many. 
But you know what I mean? And like on top of that, there are so many types of pills as well that have all these different side effects and can make you feel different things. And, you know, at least we've got, you know what I will say, at least we've got the option in there being so many different types. It's not like a one size fits all kind of person, like pill for a person. You know what I mean? However, I understand what they mean in terms of the fact that it's like the expectation that women have to be on a certain type of contraception because I know, again, like, unfortunately, I know that a lot of guys just don't like using condoms. They're like, I don't like the feeling of it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't like the feeling of my period. And I don't like the feeling of like missing a period or like being late and suddenly thinking, well, what if I'm pregnant? You know, like I would rather know that I'm practicing safe sex um, so that I don't have all these concerns and anxieties every month. You know what I mean? So I think that's also a very important conversation to have with whoever you're sleeping with um, so that it's like, well, this is what I'm taking. This is like what I or like this is what I'm doing to practice safe sex this is what I expect from my partner. And I think it is a level of respect as well to understand what each other's needs are when it comes to contraception. And also when it comes to like what you see yourself doing for the future, for instance, like I don't want to have kids for many more years. And so I've had to discuss with my partner what I want to do contraceptive wise. And I think that's a really important conversation to have. I think you guys need to be open about your expectations from each other and also your plans in like what you see, because also there's like contraception isn't only for like preventing pregnancies and stuff like that. It is also for stuff like STDs, STIs, stuff like that as well. If you don't, if you don't know all of each other's sexual history, it is important to make sure you're being safe. Like what I said in the previous question, safe sex is important, kids. <laughs> and on top of that, I know like some contraceptions do really mess with hormones. And I know that from my own personal experience and a lot of the other people in my life have experienced similar things, but your hormones do get muddled up a lot with different comp- Interceptions. For instance, I was on the Implanon for six years um, and I had a lot of side effects from that. At the time, I didn't really care. I had like rose colored glasses on because I stopped getting my period entirely. And for me, that was like a blessing. But then in the future, I was like, I just want to have a normal functioning human body, you know? And so like, for me to be able to get my period again. Sorry if this is too much information, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. I literally cried. I was like, oh my God, I feel like a woman, you know, like it felt amazing. But like on top of that, it can also give you a lot of depression and anxiety. Like different pills can do that. can give you hormonal acne, weight gain, stuff like that. Like stuff you just don't want to be dealing with. Hair loss. Like I understand why people are against using certain contraceptions. So I really think you just have to like try things out, see what works for you. And if something is not working in your favor, like you can try something else. It's really not like a really difficult thing to do. This is a cute one. Um, how to get a friend to mingle when they are insanely introverted. Ugh, introverted. Um, I think this is an interesting question because I would say... Like I'm a mix of introvert, extrovert. If you take like the personality test, it says that I'm more extroverted. 
Makes sense. I have a podcast, lol. Um, And I would say I do have some friends who are more introverted. And so I think it's just about making sure that they feel included in conversations, especially if they're in an environment that they're not used to or if they're around people who they haven't met before. Like, I think it's nice if you're having a conversation and you notice they're being quiet or shy and you do want them to contribute and want them to feel like they're comfortable, say something like, oh, so-and-so is interested in this, which like, you know, try to do like a meet cute, like whoever you're talking to, try to find like a tie between them and be like, you guys would have a lot to talk about because so-and-so is interested in this and this person has done this, you know, and like make it tie together so that they feel like they can contribute to conversation. I think that's the most important thing and always make sure that they're able to have a laugh. And yeah, if they're not feeling comfortable in a certain situation as well, it's not, rude of them to want to remove themselves from that either. And I feel like for people who are extroverted, we sometimes see that as, oh my God, I can't believe that you just stood there and were like quiet all night or something like that, or you wanted to leave early. But for somebody who's introverted, maybe they just don't feel safe in that situation. Like they don't feel comfortable. They want to go home. Like I understand that as well. So you have to be respectful of their boundaries in social aspects as well. I think understanding social boundaries is a really big deal that people don't do enough. So yeah, this is a funny one because I understand what they're saying. What to do when you feel like you're better at flirting than being in an actual relationship and sis. Okay. So I would say I understand this because I'm in my first like very serious relationship. And prior to this, I was kind of like, Oh, nobody likes me. I'm just good at flirting. But, and like, I was always like, maybe I've got commitment issues and maybe I just don't like people enough to stay with them for the long haul. That's not true. Well, for me, at least I know there are some people who genuinely do have commitment issues and that's something that they need to work on within themselves. However, what I found from thinking that I was a better flirt than being in a relationship is that you actually just have to keep things interesting once you're in the relationship. I think the fun thing about flirting is that it's all about like the, it's like magnets, right? It's all about like, will they attract or will they like deflect? You know what I mean? And flirting's fun because you get to play with that and kind of be like, is it the chase? Like, are they attracted to me and are they following me? Or is it kind of nitty gritty and they're like not as into it and I have to work harder. Sometimes people are really into like flirting harder to get somebody to be into them, you know, as well. Like, I think like, I understand that too. Like sometimes it's really fun to really jump in the deep end and try to flirt with somebody until they're like genuinely attracted to you. If then like not initially, I understand that we've all been there, but when it comes to flirting, Oh, sorry. A train just went past my house. Um, if it comes to flirting and like relationship wise, once you've gone past all the initial flirting, dating, stuff like that, a way to keep things interesting to have a, like some longevity within a relationship is just to keep the flirting going. Like there's nothing to say, like once you're in the relationship, the flirting and like all the fun of that side of it dies, like just spice it up a bit more. Like It's so much fun to flirt with your partner and show like adoration for them as well. You know, you can have love and chemistry in relationship and then also flirt with them 
as if it was like you hitting on them the first night you met. I think that's a lot of fun. Just keep it going throughout the entire relationship. And honestly, it probably keeps it a lot healthier and more interesting as well to keep it. Yeah. Keep it like you're in the honeymoon period or like as if you're on the first date all over again. It's a lot of fun. Okay. The next question is, do you think they are better younger, same age or older? (laughs) And okay. I think this depends a lot on your own personality. It's not all one size fits all with dating and it works differently for different people. I've dated guys who are older. I've dated guys who are the same age and my current boyfriend is younger than me. Hurrah, I'm a cougar. Oh my God. I'm never saying row on the podcast. Oh my God. No, I'm embarrassed. Can we move on? That's just, oh, let's pretend that never happened. That's really atrocious of me. But what I was saying, my current boyfriend is younger than me. And I love that because I feel like, I don't want to be like, I've been around the block. I've tested out the cars. I've tried before I buy it. Ew, because I hate that. I hate the way people talk like that. But Having dated guys who are older, I found that like our expectations and where we were in life like didn't align. And I also had expectations of my partner being older that just didn't meet up. Like I think when it came to dating somebody older, I found like I wanted them to have a certain level of maturity and to treat me a certain way. But instead I was let down, I guess. I guess it was like they weren't as mature as I thought or hoped that they were. And I was hoping that when it came to a relationship that they would be wanting something more serious. However, I also was not at the same life stage as them. I did not want to settle down and think about like marriage and kids or anything like that. I don't think they were after that either yet. However, I was just kind of like, when it does come time to that, I'm definitely not as ready for that as they would be. Um, and vice versa. Like, I feel like it's the same with a lot of relationships. When it came to guys my age, like, didn't have any issues with them. I feel like most guys who I have dated have been the same age as me. Um, I don't, wouldn't say it was an issue at all. Like, I think we're kind of on the same trajectory with life. However, I'm really enjoying dating somebody who's younger. And it sounds really weird, but I, like, I'm kind of like, he is able like because he's younger than me this oh I don't want to sound like what's his name Tate Andrew Tate don't want to sound like him but like he is very understanding of like what my needs as a woman are (laughs) because he's younger I think he has a lot of respect for that and I feel like guys mentally they want to be able to, uh, no, I'm not even sure if I should say, they want to please women. They want to make sure they're happy. They want to know that they're doing a good job and dating somebody younger. It's like, they definitely want to make sure of that. You know, it's like, they're like, I don't know. They worship you a bit more. (laughs) Whereas older guys, it was just not the same effect. Like older guys were like, kind of on the Andrew Tate end of being like, well, this is what I expect from you being, my woman who's younger than me, you should be worshiping my feet. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, I don't do that. But I like being treated well. And I like, I want to treat my man well as well. So like, it's a two way street. I don't think age should really matter too much in a relationship, as long as you both know what you want in life. And I think it is important to know that you're on like the same life path, like making sure that you're at like similar life points, you know, not wanting things at different times because that can make things messy as well. 
I know I said age doesn't matter, like just then. Um, it does. <laughs> it does matter. Uh, I'm talking legally. It matters. Legally, it matters. Do not take that the wrong way. It matters. Like if if we're talking dating somebody who's older or younger when you're in high school, I, I'm talking to my girl, like especially my young girls out there. Dating an older guy is not what you think it will be. Like I know 14 year olds who are dating 19 year olds when I was in high school. And I'm like, girl, like, do you know what this man is wanting from you? Because I'm telling you now, a 19-year-old and a 14-year-old are definitely having very different conversations with their friends. And you do not want to get brokenhearted, like be brokenhearted over a guy who's much older, who is probably sexually wanting stuff from you that you maybe, or some people are, but maybe you're not ready for. And I think it's exploitative. I think it's a little bit... I don't, I think it's really cruel when people are caught up in relationships like this. I say like, this is like the guy being older because that's typically what I have seen more in my personal life. I know that there are instances where girls have dated younger guys in high school as well. But from my experience, it's always been like a year 12 boy dating. Like I've seen a year 12 date, like a year nine. And I'm like, bro, like, what do you guys talk about? what what's going on there I can't imagine the dynamic like it's not healthy on that note we're going to move on to the next question because I could talk about that for a very long time as well the next question is how to date when you're constantly traveling this is a fun question because okay I personally have not been constantly traveling I bloody wish like whoever this person is you are one lucky son of a gun to be constantly traveling I understand though that if you do want to find something serious in your dating life, that it can probably be detrimental. But what I will say is I feel like dating when you're traveling could be really fun. If you're not into something serious, if you're looking for a serious relationship while you're dating, long distance is a thing that does work for many couples. I feel like people always say long distance as if it's a negative thing. I know it to be successful for many, many relationships because it creates a level of trust between the couple and there are ways around certain things within a relationship. Like you can try to visit when you can and stuff like that, of course. But there's so many, like technology is amazing these days. You can FaceTime, you can message all throughout the day. I've seen cute things like where it's like a light and if like the person you're thinking of touches the light like or something like your light will flash I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining that properly but you know what I mean like there's some really cool technological ways to keep in touch with love, loved ones these days so if like long distance is possible however if you're interested in dating whilst traveling and it's not as serious as like a long-term relationship this could be really fun firstly Tinder has a thing now called Tinder Passport where you can talk to people from all around the world. One of my friends just got out of a relationship and I was like, look, if you're not ready to talk to guys who live in your city, test it out on guys from like Tinder Passport who live on the other side of the world, see how your conversations go. And then it's also kind of like, oh, one day, like you never know, you're traveling, you could visit them. Like it's kind of like having a pen pal these days. You know what I mean? Like online dating is a huge thing these days. Do I think it's killed romance a little bit? Yes. However, there are options like this these days. And if you're traveling and you meet people overseas, it's fun to have a fling. 
I think it'd be fun to have a fling. And then you can be like this one time when I was in Paris, I met this man called Pierre and he would feed me baguettes and brie cheese. You know, like, I feel like that'd be cute. I don't know. Then you have all these stories for when you come home and be like, I fell in like, it's like your whole mama Mia moment. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with dating whilst you're traveling. I think it could be a lot of fun. Next question. Need advice on how not to say hurtful things to my boyfriend during arguments and fights. This is a tough one because I feel like when you're in the heat of the moment, you do always like it's inevitable. Sometimes you say things that you wish you didn't say. It's something that everyone does. It's something I feel like it's natural instinct because it's like you go into your fight or flight mode. And I think you just need to be vulnerable with your partner and say, like, if you do say something hurtful, just apologize and say where inside that came from and what spurred you to say that, like what brought on that side of you with that you wish didn't come out or like why you think you said the things you did. Um, and yeah, it's important to be honest and open about where those emotions and where those words came from. And a lot of the time we don't mean the things that we do say. So I think it's just understanding in yourself why you do the things you do or why you say the things you do. And often, often I think it is just a defense mechanism because we don't want to be the person who takes the last punch. We always want to be the person throwing the last punch. And so we would rather hurt the person on the other end rather than have them hurt us. It's just a natural self-defense kind of thing. So if you do say things that you wish you didn't, I think you just have to be honest about it and say, this is where that came from. This is why I said what I did. I'm really sorry. Just apologize for it. I think it's okay to apologize. Um, when it comes to advice on how not to say hurtful things, I think it's hard because I mean, we're all guilty of it, but maybe if you're in a heated argument, try to take a few deep breaths and stop yourself. Like if you're thinking certain things that you want to say, try to just take a few deep breaths or like count to 10 in your head or something before you throw something out into the open that you can't take back. Because even if you don't mean it, once you've said something out loud, it is sometimes really hard to unhear those things, you know, like no matter how much you don't mean it, once it's out there, it's out there and you can't take it back. So you do kind of need to come up with your own strategy about what you can do to stop yourself from saying the things you do. Okay. Uh, want your take on why men feel fine after a breakup only for it to hit them later. Um, look, it's really hard and I wouldn't say it's the same for every relationship. If we're talking about this person's individual breakup, firstly, I'm sorry that this is what you're going through and you feel like the person you were with is fine after the breakup. I feel like this does happen a lot. Like, I feel like there's always going to be one person who is initially more heartbroken than the other and then it will hit the other person later. I think it is just definitely about how we cope with our emotions scientifically it is said that women are more emotionally aware of how they're feeling so when going through a breakup a woman is probably like this is just my opinion now a woman is probably more likely to deal with her emotions first because she is more open to accepting her emotions first whereas men will probably try to put it off and 
distract themselves before coming to the understanding of what they're really feeling. And I feel like that's with men in general, when it comes to feelings, they just don't like to be open with it. You know, like they do shut themselves off from what they're feeling and they don't discuss it and they don't want to display their emotions either. So even if you think the person who you saw isn't upset, trust me, they probably are. And they're just hiding it as much as they can. And it probably will hit them later because eventually it's like when you put a Mentos in a Coke bottle or like when you shake a Coke bottle and it does erupt, it's like they've put the lid back on the Coke bottle and they're just stopping it before it explodes and they're bottling it up, like literally bottling up their emotions. And then eventually it will all come out. Um, but it does just take time. And I feel like people heal in different ways. Um, especially like when it comes to something as sad as a romantic breakup, um, everyone has their own different coping strategies, but yeah, I think men just deal with their emotions differently. And I think it does take them a longer time to process how they are feeling. So that might be why you think your ex, for example, is like, if they're looking fine, trust me, they're probably not. They're probably not. Next question is friends first, then dating or date, then become friends as relationship progresses. I personally like to be friends with the person before I start dating them or like, oh, it depends. I feel like it depends what you mean by dating. If you're going on a date with somebody who you aren't close with prior to going on the date, then I think it's good to like be able to have a laugh. Like either way, I think like it is important to kind of set like a friendly basis you do want to be able to get to know them, feel comfortable with them. I wouldn't personally want to date somebody and then get to know them like as the relationship, like either way you get to know who you're dating as you're dating them. But I would rather get to know them as a friend first and then move it into something more serious than go serious from the get go and then be like, Oh, these are all like your quirks and like your fun stuff. And then like, these are like your bad traits that I'm not as much of a fan of figuring out those as the relationship progresses, I feel like that would be more difficult. That's why I kind of like starting off as a friend because you get to know all those things first. And then if you're okay with all of the things, like if there's stuff that makes you happy or like you're comfortable with, then it can progress into something more romantic. Okay. The final question is opinions on hookup culture. I feel like hookup culture is good and bad because I feel like there are different expectations from different genders in hookup culture. I feel like it also depends on your sexuality. I feel like hookup culture also differentiates. Um, I feel like there is some pressure in hookup culture of expectations, especially because like, I guess the norm of hookup culture is that it's not a regular thing. You're just hooking up, you know, it's not something more romantic. It's not um, finding comfort within somebody. It's like, you're just doing it to let loose and like have fun and get your freak on, you know, like, it's not like, I don't know. I feel like I'm not totally for hookup culture because just me personally, I like to set boundaries with people who I'm seeing. Um, and also I'm not 100% comfortable just getting with people just for the sake of it. 
Um, however, I know people are totally chill with that as well. Like casual sex works really well for some people. Um, and if you're one of those people, then go for it. Like there's nothing stopping you. Just make sure that, yeah, I feel like it's the same with some of the questions we had earlier, just feeling comfortable with whoever you're doing it with, um, and feeling safe as well. I feel like safety is really important in hookup culture because it can go south because of expectations and like, I don't know, pressure put on individuals to, I don't know, succeed in hookup culture. I don't know if that's even a thing. See, I feel like I'm not, because I haven't been a huge member of hookup culture since like high school, I don't really know what it's like to hook up like that in your twenties as much. I will have friends on discussing it who are more into hookup culture than me. And we can like talk about the pros and cons of it more down the track. Um, but yeah, I like, I do like talking about it with my friends who are more involved in hookup culture, because to me, it's like a different world. Like I had my own kind of hookup culture like a few years ago, but even then I was kind of like, unsure of myself. I feel like you have to be sure of yourself to enter hookup culture and like know what you want. Um, and I think you need to like put it out there as in like, this is what I want. I don't want anything else. Like just set that in stone before you enter anything like hookup culture. All right. That is all we have time for, for today's episode. I hope that this was somewhat enjoyable for you guys. Um, just to hear my thoughts and opinions on different topics. We did cover a fair bit in terms of dating. I would like to discuss a lot of these topics more down the track with like friends who different have different life experiences. Um, maybe people who I've been with, maybe my partner, you know, I think that could be a lot of fun to have people on who come from all walks of life and have experienced different things. Because obviously when it comes to dating, everyone has a different opinion or experience. So this is just my opinion. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm not a sexpert. So yeah, it's just my own thoughts and feelings. But regardless, I really hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Please leave a review on Spotify or wherever it is you're listening from. Feel free to chuck us a message on Instagram. We also now have a website, uh, hotmesspodcast.com.au. Feel free to check that out. I'm super proud of it. It's still a work in progress, like everything with this website. We're still learning together. We're still growing together. But if you have made it all the way to the end, please, please, please leave a review on Spotify. Every little bit counts. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll do more of these Q&As in future if this is something that you did enjoy. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Let's all enjoy a very messy week ahead. Bye.